Denver. Sarah and I had the wonderful opportunity this past, over the last couple weeks to go to both the MFA here in Boston as well as to go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City as we were bringing our sons uh, to college. And whenever we go to either of these museums, as you may find yourself when you go to different places in your life, whenever we were separated and looking at different things, inevitably we would run over to the other person and say, come and see, oh, you've got to come and see this. You have to come and see this. And then we'd separate again, oh, you've got to come and see this. Come and see this. We want people we care about to come and see things that amaze us, things that touch us, things that change us. I would guess, in a way, we're all uh, come and see sort of people. And Jesus knew this. When the two followers of John the Baptist are looking for someone to teach them the way of God and they ask Jesus, where he's staying, where he lives, where he's teaching. Jesus says, come and see. And right away they're attracted. He invites them to follow him, to come and see what lies ahead, to experience it for themselves. Once these disciples realize what they've found in Christ, they invite others to come and see. If you read a little further on in that chapter from the first chapter of John, Andrew asks Peter, then Philip invites Nathaniel. In fact, Philip at first is unable to explain this newfound faith, but he doesn't give up. He just says, come and see. And a relationship begins. And this is how almost all relationships begin. One little introduction, one referral. My wife Sarah and I knew each other from zero to five years old, and then my family moved away. And it was one little invitation, 20 years later, that brought us together again. No matter how long you've married, no matter how long your friendships might have been with someone, usually you can remember who introduced you and how you were introduced. It's the same way with the relationship we have with Christ. Faith is by referral. We invite a friend to church. We introduce someone to our beliefs. We say, come and see what makes our life whole, what brings fulfillment in our life, what challenges us. We introduce someone to our beliefs. We say, Come and see, and in doing so, we link us all together in God's family. If you think about it, you know, when, when someone, if we know someone can get a good meal someplace, or if we know a good doctor, or we know a good auto mechanic, mechanic we don't even hesitate to let someone else know if we know that they can be helped in some way. But for some reason, this doesn't happen in our faith life. But what a great goal for 2015. You were just wondering, what would be a goal for 2015? What a great goal for 2015 to say that by the end of 2015, you're going to make that invitation. You're going to introduce one other person to your faith, to God's love for them, to God's hope for them. You know, in a way, 
in that invitation and in every invitation we make, a chain begins which expands and expands. You open one person's eyes somehow to God and who knows where that might lead, who they might touch, and so on and, and so on. Just like in Samuel's time, as we heard in the Old Testament lesson from 1 Samuel, the third chapter, the word of the Lord can seem rare at times. But still, the voice of God speaks today, and it can speak through us. Sometimes, like Samuel, might feel like it's waking us up in the middle of the night. Sarah can tell you, when I get woken up in the middle of the night, I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to be? I run into a few things, usually, before I get myself under control. I think that's how many of us feel when we recognize those opportunities to have God speak through us, to offer to someone to come and see, to share with someone to feel what we feel. We're unsure of ourselves. We're not sure what we're supposed to do. We stumble around a little bit. But just like Samuel, it's time for us to awake and take Eli's advice that we heard. When God calls, listen and speak. As we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s, Martin Luther King Jr. this weekend as I was sharing with the children, we remember King as someone who certainly listened to God's call and spoke. But it was entirely out of a foundation of faith. He called people to march. He called people to speak up. He called on people to change fully as a part of that call he felt from Christ. A faithful call that did not come by magic, but because people in his life made a decision to share faith with him and gave him the strength to share that faithful call he knew God had not only for him, but that God had for all of humanity. He did not fear inviting people to come and to see this new reality in their lives and what could be a new reality in the life of our society. He went, you could say, against the grain. He stood out. Maybe he was even uncomfortable at times. He he expressed discomfort with kind of being, to standing out of the crowd. And yet he let his faith lead him. King wrote in his letter from the Birmingham jail, though I was initially disappointed as being categorized as an extremist, as I continued to think about the matter, I gradually gained a measure of satisfaction from the label. Was not Jesus an extremist for love? Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. Was not Amos an extremist for justice? Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Was not Thomas Jefferson an extremist? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. So the question is not whether we'll be extremists, but what kind of extremists we will will be. Will we be extremists for hate 
or for love? Will we be extremists for the preservation of injustice or for the extension of justice? King spoke these words and so many others because King knew that one of the greatest problems that our society faces then and today is that sense of separation and isolation that exists around us. The world is filled with people, but proximity does not equal empathic care. We too often set such boundaries around ourselves, and we fear connecting with people who are in situations that make us uncomfortable. And so when someone is grieving, we fail to enter into their pain. When someone is sick, we worry about being a bother, so we don't bother. When someone is doing something they shouldn't be doing, we don't want to confront them because it's their life. And when someone needs to hear our faith and be welcomed into the journey, we fear saying, come and see, because we don't want to stand out. And in this decision, we miss the opportunity God gives us to proclaim God's love and God's care. We break that, the link in that chain of faith that binds us together as a faithful, or as King would say, as a beloved community. God calls out to us just like God called out to Samuel, just like God called out to the disciples, just like God called out to King, God calls out to you and to me. The voice of God calls, and once that voice gets through, things really shouldn't be the same. We're asked to follow, to come and see, and then to show our faith by inviting others to do the same. To come and see what Christ can do, to come and see that with Christ we can risk doing things we've never done before. You can speak up. You can say to one another, you can say to others, come and see. And in doing so, you join people in a journey you awaken people to new possibilities. You change lives. Their life, your life, and maybe even the world. Let us pray.